I also read The Nanny One. That was also by the same author. Goes into it. Nanny for the Neighbors is what I read next. Ooh, nanny for the Neighbors. Nanny for the Neighbors. It was good. It was really good. Was she in a RH with the both parents? Three. Three. Three guys. For the nanny. This baby, so she's a nanny. She lives yeah. in this guy's building. Like, they all live in the same apartment building complex. She's been out of a job for, like, a year now. Out of a consistent job. So she, like, put flyers up being like, hey, I'm a nanny. Yeah. Let me know if you need me. Yeah. And she's had a crush on one of the guys from this apartment, like, 5H or whatever, for ages. <laughs> And that is the apartment that literally these guys had all gangbanged someone, like, consistently. And then th this lady, like, literally just dropped off the baby being like, it's one of yours. Good luck figuring it out. And she just dipped and went to rehab and decided to, like, leave the child. And so basically just, like, imagine three beautiful gentlemen all of a sudden with a baby. And they've never had a baby. So they're scrambling and they're like, whose is it? It's obviously one of ours. Like we banged her so many times. And then here comes the nanny. Why are you wheezing? That's like the funniest plot scenario I've ever heard. <laughs> they were just consistently gang banging this girl. And because I was like, when you said nanny for the neighbors or whatever, I was like, okay, so maybe it's like two like a gay couple that you know has a kid and then i was like so there must be a third guy and then i was like oh maybe they're all single dads and she's a nanny for all of them no no <laughs> well you're gonna see a lot of uh, parallels in the book that i'm gonna talk about <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny <laughs> you're gonna yeah, i think you, you'll hopefully laugh less with the one that i'm gonna talk about the triple duty bodyguard one <laughs> No, no promises. I like it though. It was good. It was really good. Well, before we dive into everything, I need you to know that I have a bone to pick with you because I know you said it ended in a cliffhanger, but am I, I in trouble? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I I for some reason thought that Revenges and Roses was out, so I'd been waiting to finish Thieves <laughs> and Thorns. So I was like, I know it ends in a cliffhanger. Like whatever, it's not going to bother me. It's not out till June. <laughs> I'm sorry. I promise if I'm writing fast. The class down here is me. It is. I have been by like lots of people. Especially since it was like a super spicy group scene. I'm watching like the pages tick down. I know the cliffhanger's coming. And I'm like, no way. Like, no like, way. The last line. <laughs> <sighs> Evil. Okay. Welcome and hello to the HA Book Club. I'm Summer O'Toole. With me is my best friend, Kelsey. Hi, everybody. And we have Scarlet King, who is an author of Reverse Harem and New Adult Fantasy. And we are just so excited to dive into all things multiple men. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> As mentioned, we're going to be doing Reverse Harem. I read Thieves and Thorns by 
Scarlet King. And Kelsey, what did you read? I read Triple Duty Bodyguards by Lily Gold. <laughs> I already love that title. Y'all keep it together. Keep it together. <laughs> I read Goldie and the Three Bears by Theodora Taylor. Ooh. I'm intrigued by that title. Yeah, it's a good title. I kind of expected it to be like a recalling, but it wasn't really. My Weekly Hot was my cover reveal for my second wow. book, Stolen to Fight. It has Jonas, who I realized doesn't have a last name. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I only really, I'm at like the end of book three, but I only just now realized because the 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 main characters in book three are like visiting Jonas and Tilly and I was gonna use like their last name like the blanks and I realized they don't have one (laughs) so I have characters in Thieves and Thorns without a last name too so okay I don't need them it's fine I don't need them I'll just keep saying Jonas and Tilly um so anyway it has Jonas on the cover and my designer, Murphy Ray, did an amazing job taking this random man who happened to be, like, with a gladiator helmet and sword. She changed his hair completely. She put on, like, a bazillion different scars. And it was really cool because some of the scars are, like, actual ones that he has in the book. So she made this, like, super random brown-haired guy into this beautiful golden locks Jonas. So that's my weekly hot. <laughs> I just, I can see your eyes glaze over summer, just imagine the cover. <laughs> and I'm picturing it as well. So I'm with you on it. But I just, for all of our listeners, just want to let you guys know where, what summer's face looks like right now. It is <laughs> lust filled. <laughs> we love him. My weekly hot this week is I was reading, I think I was reading the RH, the reverse harem books. And I was like, you know what? I'm kind of in the mood. So I finished a book. <laughs> And I then was scrolling on TikTok and I scrolled and I hit this girl who was basically like her whole page is just like messages or videos that you can like send to someone who you want to bang. So it's a bit like really upfront and really funny. So it's like, hey, I like you. These are all the dirty things that I want to do to you. Get your ass over here now is essentially like the theme of her videos. But they're like really like, I don't know, they're comedic gold while being like, hey, come over here and like give it to me good so I downloaded one of those videos and I sent it to like my boo thing and I was like hey so see this video and he was like yes and I was like that's me right now so like get your ass over here (laughs) that's amazing and it it led for some fun times and it was a great communication piece (laughs) so that's my weekly hot (laughs) you're gonna have to share the page now Oh, I definitely will. It'll be it'll be linked below. <laughs> we went to a wedding show yesterday. I guess that counts. Ooh, um, ooh. To go and see venues for our wedding. So that was fun. That's kind that of like a fun. sweet version. <laughs> that is fun. Yours are all hot, but mine's kind of sweet. So we'll go with that. <laughs> no, and like that. In, in case Kelsey, you didn't see it, or anybody listening at home, mm-hmm. Scarlett's fiance proposed in like <laughs> The cutest yeah. way oh, ever. I saw it. Ooh, so cute. I got proposed in a bookstore um, with a book. So it was like every book lover's dream. <laughs> Seriously. 
RH stands for reverse harem. A little trope breakdown. So it can be the main key though is besides like threesomes or menages or even like love triangles, it's also known as the why choose trope because in the end the the heroine does not ever is never forced to choose between her men. She doesn't have to like pick a favorite. She doesn't have to, you know, break up with one to be with the other. She is just with them all. It has to be more than two men. And I think sometimes it can include people of other genders as well, but it's typically a woman heroine with men. The men can have relationships with each other. They can have group activities. They can have just one-on-one stuff. But the main thesis is that it's one woman at the center and she never has to choose between her lovers. Scarlett, as the resident expert, do you have anything to add? I don't think so. I think you summed it up very well. I was terrible at summing it up to people because I'm just like, I don't know, there's a lot of threesomes. That's my, <laughs> that's a lot of group scenes. <laughs> there's just many holes that are filled. There's, there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of um, parts to keep track of. <laughs> You know, Katie Robert, she has little sex dolls because she writes a lot of like menages. So she has little like dolls that she will use during when writing group scenes to figure out where everybody's limbs are. I need to get some of them. You know, the little art ones that you can move. That's what I need to get. (laughs) That's genius. That is absolutely genius. (laughs) Okay, so I read... Triple Duty Bodyguards by Lily Gold. And the premise of the book is that there is this celebrity named Briar. And she put on this, like, she has this, like, real big, like, tough girl act. Like, she's basically, like, I think she was nicknamed, like, Britain's Bitch. Something like that. And she just, like, calls people out all the time. Everyone looks at her and thinks, like, okay, she's cold. She's the ice queen, et cetera, et cetera. She's being harassed, as many celebrities are. And her home was broken into and she woke up to like a picture slipped under her pillow of like her sleeping and like on the back, it's like, can't wait for you to like sleep in my bed, like my future wife, like love X and also come all over her sheets. So someone broken, jacked off all over her and like left this like threatening love note. So like, not great. To say the least. Was she awake or was she like gone? No, she slept through it all. Yeah. Creepy. Yeah. Oh god. Creepy jeebies. Oh no. Anyway, so this is like the the catalyst point for where the three gentlemen come in. So she decides to hire a new security agency because obviously her current one is sleeping on the job. They actually were it was like her current security agent was like screwing her PR manager like while all of this went down and she's like I'm so sick of you too like get out of my face (laughs) so she hires her own security and pays for it and N walks Mac Kenta and Glenn and they're like part of the angel security system or like angel security something I can't remember it now but the way that it works is they kind of like take over her life and they're like we are gonna like secure you you know like you have to listen to us These are the things that we're going to put in place for your home. Like, because you have such an active threat against you right now, 
someone's going to be with you 24 seven. And she's used to being alone. She's used to being secluded. So there's like a lot of awkward moments where like they've been stuck in the same house for like, you know, three weeks now. And these guys are like sinfully attractive, like each one of them in their own way. Like Matt is like the like boy next door, like chiseled God, like, I don't even know. He's like something out of like a Greek novel. And then there's Kenta who has darker skin and he's just like like ponytail he's a psychologist as well and then there's glenn who i believe is scottish and has like this like giant gash over half of his face so like very three different gentlemen but they were all working together on a mission like they all used to be in the sas together which is like a military special forces so and that was their leader so they work great together which is why they're all on this case together but anyways, three sinfully hot gentlemen and Briar at this point is like, I am going to just combust from sexual tension. Like none of these guys have even made a move on me. However, it's way too attractive inside my house. So she goes into her bedroom, she breaks <laughs> out her vibrator and she starts going to town. And because she like makes enough noise, Matt comes rushing in because he thinks that someone has intruded on her. <gasps> No, no, no. She's literally just doing the nasty with herself. And he's mortified. She's mortified. And then that's like another catalyst point where like from that point forward, they see her not only as like the beauty that she is, but also like she's horny. (laughs) You know, like I don't (laughs) I don't have a better way to put it. (laughs) That's how they see her now. So slowly but surely, like different incidences happen where like she's at a party and then all of a sudden she like based off of like the ccv footage of like what happened the night of her attack or like of the break-in she now has a picture of who this guy is and even though she's being like shuffled everywhere and she's like really under high security she still has like a lot of panic about the fact that like there's someone full-on harassing her and like threatening her life because he keeps managing to like this ex guy keeps managing to send notes in to her like keeps like getting past defenses so she's at this big party and it's like a big fundraiser that she puts on and like she keeps getting all this shit from matt and like i think also from like glenn about the fact that like she's putting on a party for the homeless and everyone's ticket is like fifteen hundred dollars and it's a super nice venue so she's like stressed out about that but she's trying to raise money and all these things and then she like catches sight of someone in a sweatshirt that like matches the description of her attacker or of this guy who like came in and broke into her house so she starts to have a panic attack but none of the guys know what's happening they just see that she's getting like more and more sick and more panic but they don't identify it as a panic attack so she ends up going into the bathroom laying down on the floor and like shuts the door and just like doesn't tell anyone that she's having a panic attack the three guys come and find her finally go in realize that she's having a panic attack like drug her up with her panic attack medication and like kind of get her through the night which is like it was this whole ordeal but from that night forward she's like hey I haven't been sleeping like she finally admits all of her fears she's like I haven't been sleeping I've been absolutely on edge like yeah I've put on a good face that's my job however I'm really terrified and then she looks at Glenn the Scottish guy and she's like will you sleep in my room tonight like I would feel so much better if someone was actually in my room so he sleeps in her room always the Scottish guy (laughs) I'm taking like yes I'm here for this <laughs> Give so, me all the Scottish guys. <laughs> oh, they're so cute. 
Oh, I just, oh, okay. So Glenn <laughs> sleeps in her room that night, like gets invited into her bed. And like Glenn has had a crush on her for years. Like back when they were like deployed, like he just like saw a picture of her and was like, this girl just looks so happy. It wasn't even like her in like a bikini or anything. It was just like her like eating ice cream on a beach. And he was like, that's why I'm fighting is for people like her. Like, I don't have anyone home at home, but like, it's that way people can sit on the beach and eat their ice cream. Just like really, really wholesome. Like that's Glenn. So they have a very wholesome night where she like finally is like relaxed enough to pass out because she feels like she's safe. And then the morning comes and things get real spicy real quick. Like she just wakes up and she's like, I just need to ride this man. Essentially. So... That happens. <laughs> and then as the book progresses, you know, then Kenta gets involved. And now it's like Kenta and Glenn and Briar, and they're all getting down together. So now we have a beautiful little threesome. And Matt's like still out of the picture. He's just like kind of like really aloof. And Briar thinks that like he hates her when really he like really likes her and just like wants to protect her and doesn't know how to deal with his emotions because he has a lot of PTSD. So he's like dealing with his own thing. But with each of these gentlemen, like Briar slowly like pulls them into her life and finds a place for each of them. So it's almost like they're three parts of like a really beautiful whole. And they have some real sexy scenes together and (laughs) some real spicy scenes. And there's definitely like this underlying mystery that's happening this whole time with the character X. And at one point, Briar gets actually like she gets kidnapped and like all these things happen however what I love the most about this not only the really sexy scenes is that these people complete each other like as a foursome they really do complete each other like Briar individually like reaches out to them and is like hey I see this about you like hey Glenn I see that you have a lot of self-confidence issues because you have a scar halfway across your face like yes, I do want to be seen in public with you. Unlike what you imagine. Like I really do. Like, I think that you're beautiful. Takes a while for her to like convince him of that. Like until the very end of the book. And like with Kenta, like there's some things with Kenta and then there's also some things with like Matt and his PTSD. So there is like a lot of character building along with just the really great sex. So that leads to my quote. And this is from Kenta's point of view. And it's Kenta, Glenn, and Briar. Matt is not in this particular sexual endeavor because someone always needs to be on watch. Like rarely (laughs) is there ever a point where someone's not on watch. So it's usually just threesomes. So from Kenta's point of view, I lean forward, running a hand between her legs. She shudders over me. I lick my lips as I feel her wetness coat my fingers. Oh, sweetness, you're soaked. Glenn's eyes darken. He immediately reaches forward, his hand joining mine. We both stroke through her hot folds, rubbing and fondling and pinching in tandem, and she drips over us, writhing and wooing. So there's some great scenes. (laughs) (laughs) In conclusion. I need to read this book. It's, I would, I would read it again. I don't do that very often. I would read it again. So at the end of the day, I'm going to rate this an eight out of 10. And my spice level is going to be four out of five. What? Summer, I'm trying to get spicier. Is it possible to be an RH and not be a five out of five? Yeah. Yeah. They don't do enough. There's, I mean, like, there's a point where, like, every single hole of hers is filled and it's great. However, 
you can do more. Yeah. <laughs> Find another hole. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture what that would be. Like she's got hands. Yeah, she does have hands. That's true. So <laughs> maybe if there was some... more and some and... ears, a few <laughs> nostrils <know>. too. <laughs> Summer, I can't with you. <laughs> oh, no. I remove myself from the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> what is an ear gonna do? I mean. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> you know when you get like water in your ear. Can... Oh God, no! It's summer. Shuck. <laughs> oh God, you'd have to like shake it. Out. <laughs> Stop, <laughs> you guys. I'm. It's like I don't know. I'm unwell. I'm unwell. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> oh. Oh God. Oh, boy. Right. <laughs> So, you know, in conclusion, I would suggest that you guys read it. Like, especially if you haven't read Reverse Harem before, I think it's a really nice, like, easy walk into the genre. And I appreciated that as someone who had never read it in before. I've, like, I've done webtoons of it. So I've done, like, graphic novel versions, which is always very fun. However, I've never done, like, a full-on novel. So this was was different for me. It sounds so good. I will add it to my list. Yeah. I like didn't know until recently that reverse harems could exist that weren't like a dark romance. But it all it makes sense that you could put multiple men in any genre. Yeah. Like they, they don't have to be all members of like a criminal organization. <laughs> I've read a few that are like quite sweet. And it was really weird to me because I was like, oh, this is different. <laughs> in a good yeah. way. I was like, there's no murder. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was telling Summer about one before you came on, Scarlet, and it's from the same author and it's called Nanny for the Neighbors. And Summer just like couldn't Summer couldn't <laughs> handle it. <laughs> so Scarlet, the book that you read, was it Yeah, so it was like a mixture of sweet and like dark. Okay. So the the main romance wasn't dark, but the pasts were. So the premise of it is that Goldie, whose real name is Gina, but she doesn't tell them her real name. So her name, she's just called Goldie throughout the book. So she is running from her abusive ex and she's pregnant with his baby. And she doesn't want her ex to be in the baby's life because he's abused her for years. So she gets a car and she runs and the car breaks down in the middle of the woods and she gets out and she's like, oh my God, I can't fix a car. I don't know how to fix a car. And she's in the middle of nowhere. She tries to walk, but there's nothing in either direction. And when she gets back from her walk, her car is missing. So she's like, oh, no, I'm stranded in the middle of the woods with no car and I'm pregnant. So then she sees a sign um, saying, like, do not enter. So, of course, she enters. Um, yeah. What else are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, I'm seriously, at that point. <laughs> yeah, she's out of options. So she goes down this driveway and she finds a cabin in the woods and no one's home. So she breaks a window to get in, climbs through the window, makes herself dinner, and then goes to sleep in their bed. Because <laughs> um, she thinks she thinks that it's like a holiday home, right? Because it's in the middle of the woods. And she wakes up to the men coming home and one of them pointing a gun in her face. Um, and she's totally naked because she had no other clothes on her because they were all in the car and she didn't want to get their sheets dirty. 
so she's naked there's a gun in her face and just three men in her room which you know as you do yeah whenever I break into someone's house I make sure to strip (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly you would obviously get naked that's the logical solution here yes um so the guys are like why are you in our house and why do you have no clothes on (laughs) who are you so the grumpy guy because there always has to be a grumpy guy I feel like one of them always has to be mean so he's like get out and she's she explains look I've got nowhere to go I don't want to be here either but I can't get anywhere else my car is missing and they're like oh we just towed a car back to town and she's like oh you stole my car (laughs) so they'd seen her car they thought it had been abandoned so they towed it back to town they were doing a good thing so she explains to them look I've got nowhere else to go if you let me stay here I will service you for a week if you pay the cost to get my car fixed so she's an ex-stripper so she is like I can dance for you I can you know service you in exchange for you fixing my car and these guys have had they have a very unique relationship where they want to find a wife together they want to be with her together they already know that they want to have like a polyamorous marriage and relationship they've done it before but it didn't work out so two of them are like yeah I'll take some sex like you know (laughs) we'll fix your car (laughs) so two of them agree to it immediately they're like okay but we'll pay you more than that because we don't think that fixing your car is a fair trade we'll give you some extra money they don't really ask many questions they're kind of just like yeah good opportunity the third guy is absolutely against it he's like please get out of my house I don't want you here I don't want to sleep with you but the two the other two overrule him so they're called Nico Mitch and Jeb and Jeb is the angry guy and Nico and Mitch are kind of like the sweet ones well as sweet as they can be for you know accepting the offer so they they give her food they let her sleep in their beds there is some spicy times quite soon and the threesomes start immediately like the first they share her Nico and Mitch together they play a game, a game called Don't Come. Um, great game. Which I, loved it. I was I like, it. yeah. Can we all play? Game. Like, that's well, that was, I was like, yes, I want in on this. Mm-hmm. So they pass her back and forth to see, and whoever comes first loses. Um, and whoever wins gets her in their bed for the night. Now, she doesn't tell them about, their, about her past for ages. She avoids all the questions and... Jeb is like why do we we know nothing about this girl and you're all just like letting her into our house you're telling her about your pasts you know this seems insane which you know he's the only logical one because I would also be like this is absolutely crazy (laughs) (laughs) so he doesn't come around for ages so what the other two do is they take her at night while she's sleeping and they put her in bed with him and then they lock his door so that they can't get out so it's like a one bed trope but a forced one bed trope um so he wakes up and he's like why are you in my room I don't like you except he's obviously very attracted to her but he just doesn't like her because he's grumpy they try to get out they won't let him out because they've like padlocked the outside of the door and so of course then he gives in they they have some spicy times he is very much like a dom she calls him daddy there's like which I was I was taken aback by this I did not expect a daddy kink in this book but there is (laughs) I wasn't complaining I was just shook (laughs) he eventually comes around they fall in love with her because of course they do he they want a wife they're very open about the fact they want a wife they know she's pregnant because she was like look you can't impregnate me 
you know, we don't need condoms. You can't knock me up. I'm already knocked up. So <laughs> the relationship kind of develops. And then at the end, they're like, okay, we're going to keep you. We don't want to let you go. And she doesn't want to go either, but she's also, she wants to get away from her ex. She doesn't want to put them in danger if her ex finds her. So they're like, okay, we'll give you more money if you stay for longer. And also this, the, the, this is the first book I've read that includes the pandemic. So her goal was to get to Canada and the guys are like, oh no, they closed the borders. You can't go. And she's like, oh shit, I've got nowhere to go. So they pay her extra money. She stays for longer. It's all fine and dandy. She agrees, you know, they're all getting along well. And then they propose to her randomly. And she, she's like, I mean, I want to marry you, but I can't marry you. Um, she's still not told them about her past. I was a bit surprised by this proposal. I was like, this has gone from zero to 100. She's like, there's a third of the book left. I can't accept yeah, your proposal She's like, yet. I cannot get engaged to you. This is insane. <laughs> so she says no. She runs into a field. And the grumpy guy finds her and he's like, look, I get that you're scared. They have like a really heartwarming moment. It's adorable. And she's like, okay. She like internally decides that she's going to marry them. She wants to be with them. She wants to stay in the middle of the woods with them. She's fallen for them. So she goes to the bank at the nearest town and she deposits all the money that they've given her into a bank account for herself. And then she, her plan is to go back and tell them, yes, I accept. Let's get married. Let's like have a life. Except she gets into her car and her ex is there. So he has a gun to her head. He has been like stalking her for the past few weeks. He says whole horrible things to her about the fact she's been having sex with these men. And he's takes her back to like a barn that overlooks the guy's house. And he's got like a sniper there. And he's like, I'm going to kill them, like call them and get them to come out so I can kill them. And she's like, I'm absolutely not doing that. Like, I don't want them to die. Why would I call them for you? <laughs> Seriously. So, like, so she tackles him and screams and Jeb comes running out and saves her and yeah that that took me by the the whole thing is a bit wild but in a good way so he Jeb I thought Jeb would kill him but it's actually Nico which is like the sweetest guy he shoots him uh, beats him up and then Jeb shoots him and she's like oh my god you just killed somebody in front of me but she 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 thinks it's hot. I don't. I <laughs> it went it went from zero to a hundred. It's a romance Real reason. Quick. If I've ever yeah. heard it. I mean, I was here for it, but I was like, oh my god, someone's just died. What's happening? <laughs> and then she's like, okay, now we can get married and live a good life together. And they <laughs> do. So it's kind of a Goldilocks retelling in that there's three hot men in the woods and she finds them. But it's also an absolute ride. Like it is. It's, that's what it's very good but I just at no point did I know what was happening that's um, <laughs> I might be thinking of a different book but doesn't isn't there like a football on the cover they are they're like ex-footballers the guys but the, the football doesn't really I don't know if there's a football on the cover let me see there's the hot guys on the cover I honestly really want to read what this. I remember oh there is a football on the cover but it's like an American football so I forgot that that was a football because American oh, football is like different yeah. from British football. Right. <laughs> um, Are... Yeah, they were ex-footballers, but it's brought up like twice. So you That's don't really so like... funny! Because <laughs> I thought it was going to be like a sports romance. Yeah. But it's it's not. <laughs> no, it sounds like <laughs> they all quit but... being footballers to like have her baby. I mean, <laughs> they're certainly athletic in bed. So... Yeah, I mean, they're hot. That's, that's, <laughs> it helps. <laughs> they have good stamina. 
<laughs> right? But the football is like brought up twice. Dang. Which Yo, you know, romance is crazy. It was insane. Like it says it's a sports romance, I think. What's it described? Yeah, contemporary of our time sports romance, but the sports like brought up three times. <laughs> They never play a game. They never go out to train. Like, <laughs> which sex. is fine. Sex is the new uh, yeah, sport. Yeah, the sex was the training, <laughs> which I wasn't complaining about. But yeah, it was very. It was like a mixture of dark and sweet, and that she's like learning to love again after being, you know, abused. I thought it did like the whole like abuse, like abusive ex thing, really well. I thought that it like processed her trauma really well, which was nice. It was very good. I would highly recommend it, but it is insane. <laughs> I'm like crying like things, over here. Things that I just did not like. I did not anticipate the van, the like m- murder. I did not anticipate the daddy kink. I did not anticipate the whole "I'll have sex with you for money" trope. I, I, you know, it all worked. <laughs> it's like they just pretty women. It's pretty women yeah, it's... with reverse harem and Goldilocks. <laughs> Yeah. I like how they just like threw and a the, bunch of ideas like, together, shook it up, and they were like, yeah, this will yeah, work. Yeah. I mean, it worked. <laughs> but it was insane. I'm so I, excited to read this. It's so good. I love what I love about reverse harems is that like it is such like uh, a bizarre situation. It's almost like f- the fake dating trope on like yeah. drugs, where it's like a situation <laughs> that may that exists out there maybe somewhere but like non-day-to-day life that people just like find themselves in so in order for these books and storylines to happen it is just always the most like absurd plot line that's my favorite thing (laughs) all crazy (laughs) just chaos yeah i love chaos (laughs) (laughs) so speaking of chaos the book I read was Scarlet's Thieves and Thorns, <laughs> which is book Speaking one of, of two in the Revenge duology. <laughs> and it follows our heroine, Rory, who is a witch who recently, in the recent-ish past, like the last seven years-ish, lost all her family. And she you slowly discover this throughout the book, but she in her like heartache of losing her family she gets swept up with a vampire who's in this like blood cult where they basically just like drain and assault young impressionable women and she finds her way out of that after about a year and has been on a revenge mission and that's kind of where like the book starts is she so to world build very briefly Hell is not, like, a place you go when you die. It is two different realms. There's, like, Earth and Hell. And Hell is where all the mythics are originally from. And the mythics include demons who have sort of, like, some mind control powers. Elementals who can control elements, air, wind, earth, fire. Shifters, which is, like, werewolves, but they have control of it. And then witches. So she's a witch, but she's always been Earthside. And when she and humans are like very prejudiced towards them. So there's like some separation, but they also coexist on Earth. But anywho, so she finds out that one of her grandma's dark magic 
grimoires is in this human museum. So she goes to steal it because in order for her to get her revenge against the vampires, she has to do something that will be able to kill them, but also not trace back to her. So she can't just like go murder them because she doesn't want to spend her life in jail. So she she steals her grandma's grimoire because she needs it for dark magic. While she's like running away from the security guard, this guy shows up who like distracts the security guard and so she's able to get away. The next day he's like in her house and she's like, excuse me. And this is Darius, who is a demon who recently left hell. We don't find out till like the very end why he left hell. We just know that he decided to leave hell because he had nothing like there for him anymore. And he came to earth with basically no plan. So he sees Rory escaping from the museum and he's like, cool. Like, this is my new plan (laughs) is Rory. So, and he's intrigued because he's like, why were you stealing this like dark magic book? And just basically inserts herself, himself in her life. And then these two other guys show up, Conan and Ezra. Ezra is a wolf shifter and Conan is an elemental. And they were private investigators hired to get back the grimoire. So they're, they track down Rory and Darius because he has now inserted his self into her life. And they try to break in to get the grimoire, but they end up getting the best of them. So they like tie him up. And then she's like, you can't take the grimoire. <laughs> like, I need it for my revenge plot. And they're like, well, I guess we could wait a few weeks till we have to turn into grimoire. Like basically being like, convince us why we shouldn't turn you in. And they're not like super, they're not super on the human side. So they're okay kind of playing it like fast and loose with the job if it's for the right reasons. So Rory's now stuck with like these three random dudes who are just like refusing to leave. Darius because he has like nothing else to do. And then Scarlet is dying, which is really funny because I can imagine if somebody was describing my book to me, like I probably would also not be able to like control myself but yeah so she's now stuck with these guys and she's like in this really pivotal part of her life where she's like I finally have what I need to exact revenge and now there's like these three mythics who have just inserted themselves into my life and are refusing to leave and so she ends up just having sex with all of them and (laughs) as one does (laughs) I like this transition this this is I'm tracking this somewhere Yeah, there was, like, obviously, there's obviously, like, tension, and they're all, like, very dominant, especially Conan, who is, he he realizes once, like, Ezra starts showing feelings and an interest in Rory, that he was, like, oh, shit, like, I'm in love with Ezra. Like, I had felt it for the past 10 years that we've been best friends and inseparable and being private investigators together slash vigilantes, but we but like he kept he would always push it to the back of his mind but Mm -hmm. he finally is like nope super in love with Ezra so he tells Ezra how he feels they have some like great mm stuff which was like it was really props to Scarlet because it was really well done with all these very very dominant personalities and trying to have that balance of like submission and dominance and then like power in submission and Conan was next level if i was to like do fuck mary kill with these characters i would probably kill conan but i would want to fuck him a few times before i did that 
So yeah, (laughs) yeah, they basically all decide that like they're in this together. Conan and Ezra decide that, you know, they want to be with each other, but also with Rory. And they're like, okay, sharing. They are all now on Rory's side. The more they learn about like her story and why she wants revenge and who she wants revenge on. They're like, great, like, let's help you do this. But they're also really good about, like, not doing it for her. They're like, we'll stand behind you, but, like, you're going to be the one that's going to kill them because, like, we're not going to take that away from you. And then it ends with foursome in the woods and, like, a literal, like, last two paragraphs, total plot twist cliffhanger. And I blame Scarlett for this. (laughs) I'm sorry. I mean, partially it's my fault because you had, you've been talking about this cliffhanger for months. I Yeah, I warned people and they were still mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, for some reason, I thought Revenge and Roses... Is it Revenge and Roses? Revenge and Roses, yeah. Revenge and Roses was already out. So it's like, cliffhanger who? Like, <laughs> you read the second book. Turns out it's not actually out yet. So that Three is months. partially my fault. Yeah, I'll, no, like, I'll warn everyone so no one can get mad at me and then everyone was mad at me anyway so <laughs> <laughs> yeah I would put it a five out of five spice if I'm to be consistent with my other ratings there was also because there was such like a heavy em- element of like dominance and submission I think that like upped it there was also some CNC it wasn't like clearly spoken out ahead of times in terms of like this is what we're gonna do but there was, would you agree with that, Scarlet? Like, the yeah. the scene in the woods was, like, CNC? Yeah, they don't have, like, a major, like, this is my limits talk, because it just, it didn't fit, like, yeah. any of the men. But there is definite, like, CNC, there's a bit of Dobcon as well, with Darius, because of his, like, mind control. Ooh, yeah. That's a good point. So I did put, like, yeah. So it kind of, like, it is... And it's in the trigger warnings, so that no one, like, yeah. yelled at me. Because um, I was, like... <laughs> I don't take responsibility for this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the guys are going to do what they want to do. I couldn't stop them. <laughs> yeah, the guys are cr- the guys are crazy. <laughs> they they like literally from like the first as soon as all of them entered their lives, they're just like the biggest induendos that like aren't even induendos. Like at one point, I think it's the next morning when Darius like first breaks into her house and is like, "Hey, I'm here." Oh. And he's like, oh, can like, I have a cup of tea or something? And she's like, what? And he's like, oh, can a demon like not want a cup of tea? And she's like, I'll spit in it. And he's like, that's not the threat you think it is. He's like, yeah, do it. <laughs> so anywho, they are a hoot. I like Rory. I think her. Another thing that I also liked was that they're, they're like, devolving into a reverse harem devolving isn't the right word but the what's it called the transition into reverse harem like they all thought about it and like kind of talked about it and it wasn't it wasn't like sought out like that's what they were gonna do and Ezra and Conan Conan specifically had a lot of resist excuse me resistance to it because he really liked Ezra but so there was that felt it's off the walls obviously but the that made parts of it more realistic like the plot itself like all these plots 
is off the walls, right? But, like, they're, <laughs> the way they, like, go into the relationship and discuss it and, like, how all of them have different hesitation levels made it feel more realistic. Okay. On the vein of, like, the why choose trope, I obviously couldn't choose one quote. So I have a few. <laughs> Summer, when can you ever choose one quote? Rarely. Oh, I just saw another one I liked. <laughs> okay, well, here's just, this one's short. These these are my, just, these are my, like, pretty writing quotes. It's Ezra talking about Conan. And he says, a violent promise wrapped in a beautiful deadly package. We just, like, find certain passages where it's just, like, the writing is just stunning absolutely stunning like maybe it's not the hottest scene of the book but like who cares because that writing is like that's an aphrodisiac all on its own <laughs> that's what I do with books I'll highlight like my favorite sections on the kindle even if they have nothing to do with anything just because I like the words yes yes exactly yeah this one was like another pretty writing but also very definitive like it defined their relationship I love when like certain when writing can encapsulize like a whole character or like a whole plot so this is after conan finally tells ezra how he's feeling in the form of a shower bj um, <laughs> that's it makes it sound so much less romantic and profound but it was <laughs> no, but it is that's exactly what <laughs> like that's but but that's why it was so like intense because he was like he's a very dominant personality and the fact that he was like on his knees for someone else yeah and he was like how could I make this any more clear but anywho so after that scene Ezra's narration says he wasn't the kind of man to talk his fucking motto had always been action speak louder and his actions were loud as fuck I never wanted him to silent again this is my spicy fave <laughs> oh no oh no <laughs> So this is, Conan is like, Conan has been very apparent that he does not like Rory. He's angry at her all the time. He's pissed about her and Ezra. He's pissed that like, they're having to be stuck with this random person. But he's also like, I will fuck you at some point. So (laughs) he, so he says, you will submit to me. I growled instead, barely controlling my need to feel her as she pounded her fist against my chest Make no mistake, you will be mine. There's no getting away, no running. The second you drop to your knees, that's it. And I don't do half measures, princess. I'll have every fucking piece of you or none at all. This is your only warning. When you accept that, you get on your hands and knees and crawl to me and beg at my fucking feet for me to take you. Do you understand? I punctuated my question with a tug on her hair when she didn't answer. Do you understand? Girl, the snaps. (laughs) All the snaps. Woo! The crawling trope is my fave. (laughs) (laughs) I have crawling in book three and I just want everyone to read it. (laughs) I love it. I love it when they make them crawl. (laughs) Oh, and then the last one was the acknowledgements. My partner who had to put up with my late night ramblings and incoherent ramblings about threesome positions i love you and to our son i love you beyond words but i truly hope you never read this book (laughs) he is banned i cannot the the thought of my children reading that makes me want to jump off a cliff like absolutely not (laughs) i made the mistake of dedicating the eye again 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I made the mistake of dedicating my book to my grandma, so I had oh, to send no. her a copy. Oh, which is fine. The first book, like, my aunt assured yeah, me that she's watched bad. Outlander, so it's fine. It's not but, too bad. No, it's not. Maybe, like, do I, would I want my grandma reading it? No. But if she has to, it's okay. Yeah. She'll be, she'll be fine. She's, she's a chiller. Right. Yeah. She sent me the cutest picture. She finally got it in the mail. <laughs> cutest picture in a little video. Oh. <laughs> She's so sweet. That's so I love sweet. your grandma. I called her and she's like, now where did you get this handsome man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's so cute. She's precious. So precious. That's the kind of grad I want to be when I'm older. Yes. I want to be that kind of like crazy one that just like has their own style, does all the wild things. Like there's this grand on TikTok that like is in all these dance videos these like dance workout videos and I'm like that's my goal right there and I'm like shaking Absolutely. it to get low with a bunch of like millennials or young people whatever it's going to be at that time you know like five generations below Y2K <laughs> but I'm going to be the grandma with the buzz cut just like shaking their ass like that's Amazing. for sure my goal it's probably going to take me that long to learn how to shake my ass too so <laughs> might as well start now <laughs> Thieves and Thorns, 9 out of 10. 5 out of 5, Spice. <laughs> Scarlet, questions for you. Reverse harem. How did you decide on that? Did you do a lot of research? Had it already been something you were interested in? What was that like writing process like? Oh, I don't even know how I got into this. I started off like wanting to write like YA. <laughs> Not really entirely sure how I ended up here. My first book was like New Adult. It was spicy, but it wasn't anywhere near like the level of Thieves and Thorns I read a few reverse harems I read I think like Lola and the Millionaires which is like super sweet or megaverse like but it's it's spicy but it's like super sweet it's cute like they're all adorable to her and then I transitioned into dark romance because it's I think a lot of dark romance is really like healing for a lot of people so I see a lot about it on TikTok I was like okay I'm gonna just start and I fell in love with it and I always knew I was in like write queer books, like all none of my characters are straight in anything that I write. So like polyamory seemed like a logical like inclusion. And it just made sense, like with the characters when I started writing. I was like, nah, they're meant to be like together. I don't mm. think it would work if it was just like one of them. I think they all need each other. And then I kind of just fell in love with it because there's so much you can do with reverse harem. Like there's so much love. And it's like <laughs> also makes the spicy scenes like so much spicier. <laughs> which I love <laughs> see it was kind of an accident but I wouldn't like change it for the world I definitely am going to write more reverse harem because it's just so much fun it's so much fun that's great did you do you have any favorite reverse harems that you've read oh so many oh my god I love Catherine Moon's like a megaverse reverse harems which like I know it's like two genres in one but it, they're so good dark ones GN writes distrust series her next book comes out I want to say like in April but it ended on a cliffhanger that's worse than Thieves and Thorns so I yelled at her for it's bad it's worse than mine <laughs> um, I yelled at her and then she yelled at me so you know we we're all just yelling at each other about the cliffhangers um <laughs> Blood Crown is another fantasy reverse harem mm-hmm. which is like insanely spicy like I love the author of it as well Elizabeth Brown like she's my favorite I adore her 
there's so many reverse harms. Like I've read a ridiculous amount at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Pack Darling as well, which is less spicy, but it's like so emotional. Like it made me cry. Um, I literally, I was like, why am I crying at this? But it was so emotional, but it was amazing as well. So those are like my top ones, but honestly, there's so many. I could talk about reverse harm for <laughs> I read Blood Crown and I started War Crown, but it had been like too long from when I had read Blood Crown that I kind of forgot yeah. like who the characters were. Because I think she Just introduces like two new mates. Yeah. At the end of Because there's, the there's FF in War Crown. So like there's a female mate as well, which I loved. But Is it up yeah, to you... seven mates? I've honestly lost count. It was a lot in the I should first know book. This. Beth's going to yell at me for forgetting how many of them there are because <laughs> I love her, but <laughs> I think there's about seven. But yeah, the harem is massive and there's spice in like every single chapter of those books, but I love it. This is very quickly turning into my favorite trope. Like, I don't think I've ever felt this strongly about one of the tropes that we've, I don't know, that we've, like, because we've covered so many summer at this point, right? But this is the one that I'm like, no, I'm going to keep reading this. For like a good long while. Oh my god! Yay! I'm excited. I love. I it. also feel like it's a good way to ease into dark romance. Yeah. Because there's so much spice, and like smutty scenes take up such a large portion of the writing that like it can only get so dark because like <laughs> half of it is just sex. There's no room for plot. It's all just smut. Yeah. <laughs> I was writing Revenge and Moses and realizing that there's like. 30,000 words of just smut. And I was like, oh god, where am I putting the plot? <laughs> like, Thieves and Thorns is spicy, but Revenge and Moses is so much worse. I can't wait. And I was writing it, being like, oh my god. You're saying the word worse, but I feel like the word should be better. Better. <laughs> it's also it's much darker, because obviously this is like the second book, so a lot of like the lead up happens. So I think people are going to read it and just be like, what the hell have I just read? <laughs> I think that's what a lot of reverse harms are like smut and violence. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have you read Den of Vipers? Um, I tried, I did not get on with the writing style. That's a very it, polite I way didn't of mind the content. Like, it. like, that didn't bother me because I've read Dark, but like, didn't love the writing, which is like obviously just like a personal, like, it's not really a critique, it's just, but like, the content didn't bother me, which I feel like it should have, but it didn't. I have a lot of feelings about Den of Vipers. I think you put it very politely. The writing style wasn't for you. Which is fair. That happens. Yeah. The writing style was not for me. But it is so divisive. Like, I'm part of this Facebook group, and just today somebody was like, I want to read Den of Vipers. What do you guys think? Like, the reviews are split. And what I said was, like, I didn't like it. And I kept reading, hoping it would get better, but it's a long book and I'm a slow reader. So I like sacrificed probably like two other books I could have read by reading that. So what I would tell people is like, give it a shot. But if you don't like it early on, like you're not going to like it by the end. But some people love it. So that's why I feel like it's a me problem. And the main character sucked. Sorry, what? (laughs) She was so unlikable. That was the most unrealistic part. Wasn't like that she someone put one of the guys put like a knife in her butt like the handle of the knife in her butt and then fucked her so that from behind so while he was fucking her he was he was also stabbing himself in the stomach yeah what that was fine like i'd have a problem with that 
but the main un- most unrealistic part wasn't the knife in the butt stabbing sex it was the fact that four of these like super hot amazing guys all liked her <laughs> yeah i did not like the main character <laughs> i can deal with the butt knife like that didn't bother me i yeah. read not potentially not darker but I've, I've read the same level of like darkness but i just i was like i was like two chapters in and i was like she's annoying me yeah whenever someone annoys just, i knew that it wasn't gonna like get mm-hmm. she wasn't gonna stop annoying me <laughs> yeah but so many people love it seriously so people will be like this is the best book i've ever read i've read it multiple times i've listened to it on audiobook like people freaking love it yeah, so, I have so much respect for the author, though, because she did so well with that book. Like, that book was massive. Yeah. Like, I have a lot of respect for, like, how it was marketed and, like, the fact that it's just done. I think if your book divides people, it's probably done its job. hmm Because, like, if a book has, like, all good reviews, I'm suspicious. I'm like, <laughs> why? <laughs> I think it did, like, what it was intended to do, but I just... Mm. I've read what, personally, I think is better dark romance than that. Mm-hmm. So if you're unsure, anybody listening at home, if you're unsure, read it, give it a try. It might be your new favorite. So like, yeah. don't. I think it's one of those like love hate books. Mm-hmm. A quick round of fuck Mary kill with the characters that we all read. Okay, Scarlett, you can do your you're the book you read, and then also. Thieves and Thorns, because you know that. <laughs> no, I don't want to kill any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I have okay. mine already figured out. I would marry Ezra. I think I would definitely like to fuck Darius more than once, but I yeah, do think he would eventually fair. get on my nerves. He would. Yeah. So, yeah. and Conan, as I said before, if I have to kill somebody, it would be him, but I would like to have some spicy times with him a few times. Just take them all for a ride first and then decide. Yeah. yeah. Is there like a trial? Is there a 14-day trial? <laughs> That's very fair. <laughs> I'm trying to think who I would kill. Kelsey, do you know? For my book? Yeah. Yeah, but I feel bad about it. <laughs> I do. I genuinely feel bad about it. So but you're not actually killing them. Yeah, I know, but I still feel like I feel <laughs> mental anguish about picking a person right now because they're all decent. Oh, I would marry Kenta because he would do me well in the bedroom, and he's a psychologist, so I feel like he would like get my emotions, which would be great to like have someone just like to communicate with. Seems like a key partner skill. And then, oh. I think I'd have to fuck Matt because he's like he kind of pulls in that dom and like Kent is a little bit more submissive so yeah I'd have to fuck Matt and then I'd have to kill Glenn but Glenn is such no. a sweetheart I know Not the Scottish guy I I'm know I'm personally offended by this I, I'm personally I'm, offended <laughs> I'm offended saying it because he's great <laughs> however I don't think he'd be I don't want to marry him I guess I could pick him for the fuck. I'll pick him for the fuck. I'll kill Matt. I trade it. I trade it. Okay, yeah, so I'm going to fuck Glenn. I'm going to marry the psychologist, and I'm going to kill Matt. It's fine. I feel bad, but it's fine. 
okay so from my from the book I read I think I would I think I'd fuck Jeb because he was like the most dom in the bedroom and then I think I would marry Nico because he was like the like emotional support dude like I feel like he would be like good in the bedroom but also like really soft like I feel like he'd give good cuddles Mm. and then I think I would have to kill Mitch purely because I loved him but like out of all three he was like the most forgettable to me Mm. but I would still like to have a threesome with them all first that's that's my 100% that's like that 14 day trial Summer was just talking about that we need that that's what we should do absolutely please Please 14 day trial Um, me with that especially with that game from your book Scarlett the do not come game please pretty please yeah that's what I I would play that I would play with with all three of them first before I killed any of them (laughs) priorities (laughs) yeah and then from thieves and thorns I feel like I have bad like because you could throw Rory in the mix if you needed to oh I would fuck her for sure okay like I love her so you're not I gonna kill her. her so you can keep all your I'm guys. not gonna kill her because I love her. But <laughs> I feel like if I say who I want to kill, I'm giving spoilers. Because <laughs> I know things that nobody else knows. Oh yeah, <laughs> don't say anything. Don't say anything. So I feel like I shouldn't say anything because it's not <laughs> from the first book, take like without knowing anything about the second book, I would probably do the same as what you did. Okay. Like if I only knew from the first book, I would kill Conan because he's an ass. I would fuck Darius because he's unhinged. And he would just, he would do whatever. Like, he has no sense of, like, boundaries. <laughs> that man would be down for anything. And then I would marry Ezra because I feel like he's the only one who's slightly sane. Yeah. Like, they're all absolutely mental, but he's, like, the most sane out of them all. Yeah. And he's, like, a wolf. <laughs> he's, yeah. like, he's part wolf and he's the most sane. Yeah, it's not saying much. They're all unhinged. <laughs> Darius is just, like, off the rails. And Conan is just a nightmare. <laughs> so good. So yeah, I can't... I've got, like, spoilers. If I say anything else, I'll just, like, spoil the second book because my answers would change. <laughs> that is fair, as long as you promise me an arc of Revenge and Roses you can as have an arc. soon as it's ready. <laughs> I accept, or whatever. <laughs> Everyone needs it as, like, emotional damage control because I everyone was mad at me (laughs) you gave enough warnings i just i I don't know no one listened to me (laughs) i'm so excited for stolen to fight too because you sent out like the the arcs and i got my email and i was like yes i need it i need to download it (laughs) i'm so excited for jonas i just he's already so hot always makes me laugh so much when people are like i love scottish men and i'm like come to scotland you will not like <laughs> <laughs> or like people's obsession with like kilts makes me laugh so much because <laughs> I'm like I get it like I get it and like because like everyone when you're in Scotland like men wear kilts to like events and stuff so like I get it but like it just it makes me laugh so much <laughs> I'm like I promise they're not all like outlander like they're not <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because like the whole clan thing right like and that like kilts were like fighting wear which is hilarious to me that all the men would just like run into battle with no underwear on and kilts like just like dicks everywhere like that's just absolutely hilarious to me that was their intimidation tactic 
like <laughs> honestly iconic but <laughs> so i mean like is, is this where teabagging came into play we we don't know that's what I, it must be yeah right easy access that is that is the time to see that like even now like you don't wear anything under your coat like you have to go commando like <laughs> it's just the way it is Dang. So funny. it is hilarious and you're are you in i know i've asked you before but are you studying english or writing in university yeah so my degree is in english and then my master's degree is in creative writing so a bit of both okay very cool so you've always wanted to be a writer yeah I did not imagine that this is what I would be writing (laughs) (laughs) I'm not complaining yeah I've like literally that was my life goal forever or like to work in publishing or like be an editor like any of those sort of things so I'm kind of like I got a head start (laughs) I think yeah I'm so happy for you so so happy for you (laughs) it's so surreal to me that I'm like oh my god I can pay my bills by writing like that's insane it's wild especially since so many people especially even in like academia I took one creative writing class in college and even my teacher who was a published author but I think he had only published maybe like one or two novels and nothing really came of them even he was like someone had said they want to be a writer and he was like okay we'll get a day job like yeah it's definitely like I don't know if I'll ever be able to do it full time, but like even the fact that I can like make enough to do it as a part time job is like absolutely wild. Because like I know it's not an industry where you're gonna get you can't ever guarantee that you're gonna get paid. Like mm-hmm. it's not like a stable like nine to five job. But I think that's the fun of it. <laughs> like <laughs> you never know. Like what's gonna happen? Yeah. It could go yeah. like absolutely insane, or it could be like a total flop. It's terrifying. But, like, I think it's a good, like, I think it's worth the risk. Mm -hmm. And it's nice that, like, as you are self-published, like, you can continue to do whatever you want. And, like, you don't have to answer anybody. And if you want to write reverse harems with wolves and elementals, like, you can't. Yeah, because, like, I don't think that none of my books would ever be publishable, like, (laughs) in a traditional way. Because they are absolutely, like, there is no way they'd publish it, like, with how dark, like, the content or like and the the smut and even just like the amount of like like reverse harem and like polyamory is like not something that gets published mm-hmm. and like the like mental health rep and stuff like I don't see that as much in traditional books as I do in indie books like I think there's so much more freedom with indie mm-hmm. like almost all the indie books I read have queer characters they have like mental health rep they have like stuff that I just don't see in traditional books Mm-hmm. and I definitely think it's beginning like people are beginning to realize like there's something wrong with the fact that like this is the only place that people can publish that sort of stuff yeah so it's really interesting to see how it like changes the whole like I don't even know how to describe like the whole um, like what's field. marketable yeah because yeah. that's what publishers been saying for years like romance isn't marketable but it's mm-hmm. like the highest grossing genre like it mm-hmm. is clearly marketable people want to read smart like <laughs> Let us read smut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it, yeah. It just feels like I've like actually done something with like my dream, which is so cool. So cool. A major congratulations all around. Absolutely. Before we dive into that wrap up, I want to let everybody know about our new charity of the month is Eight Twenty Six Valencia 
which actually started in San Francisco, where me and Kelsey are both from. And it's a nonprofit that focuses on writing skills in low inner low-income neighborhoods and they have branched out to chapters all over the country super cool all the links will be down below somewhere i read thieves and thorns by scarlet king nine out of ten five out of five spice i read (laughs) triple duty bodyguards by lily gold and it was an eight out of ten rating and a four out of five for spice and I read Goldie and the Three Bears by Theodore Taylor, and it was, again, an 8 out of 10 rating and a 4 out of 5 for Spice. What a and good then, week. It nice. was. And Scarlett, where can we find you if we're interested in finding you? So I mainly post on TikTok because I could be on Hinge there. <laughs> so you can find me at Scarlet King Author on TikTok and on Instagram. And I also have a Facebook reader group called Scarlet Kingdom that you can join as well. Brilliant. And are your books on Kindle Unlimited? They are. So both my new adult Faye series is on Kindle Unlimited and Thieves and Thorns and Revenge and Roses will be too. So you can find them on Kindle and obviously paperbacks as well. Well, thank you again so much for jumping on and talking about all of the holes being filled. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, we so appreciate you. And I can't wait for June. Seriously. You yeah, might be mad at me, but you I, know. I need it. <laughs> but, Thank yeah. you so much for having me. Thanks, Scarlett. Thank you. Doodles. Doodles. <laughs>